The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello and welcome to the Circling the Bases podcast, proudly presented by NBC Sports Edge. My name is DJ Short and I'm back here once again with my usual co-host, Drew Silva, after a couple of weeks. Welcome back, Drew. Oh and yeah, yeah, we haven't done one. Yeah, it's been two weeks, man. Yeah. That's like a lifetime for us. I know. Uh, <laughs> and we have a special guest here as well, MLB insider Robert Murray a fan-sided Robert. Thanks for coming on the show, man. Uh, I know it's a busy time of year. There's already stuff happening tonight, so thanks a lot. Well, yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Yeah, it's been so a very have, busy night. Yeah, it's it's getting crazy, hopefully. So we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, we are live on the NBC Sports Edge YouTube page right now, also the NBC Sports Edge Twitch page. So welcome to our audiences there. We're going to talk MLB trade deadline in this episode, all the big storylines and teams likely to be featured prominently. Uh, but if you have any questions, could be fan- fantasy related or more general baseball questions, feel free to get them to us and we'll try to answer them in the next half hour or so. All right, so let's get to it. The MLB trade deadline a little over a week away, Friday, July 30th at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to get into all the stuff that's likely to happen, but... Something big already happened tonight, Thursday night. Uh, the Rays have acquired Nelson Cruz from the Twins. Uh, huge deal there. Uh, Joe Ryan and Drew Strotman uh, going back to the Twins. Also, minor league pitcher Calvin Faucher uh, going with Cruz to the Rays. Uh, so, huge deal. Um you know, I, I think we could talk about how disappointing the Twins have been that they're even in this position right now. Um, but certainly, you know, Cruz, he, he just turned 41 this month, I know. which is crazy, but, uh, no signs of slowing down. Uh, it's hitting 294 and 19 home runs, 907 OPS through 85 games this season. Just sort of a set it and forget it middle of the lineup guy for the Rays. Obviously a huge addition there. Yeah. It feels like almost a, a non raise move because he's yeah. not versatile at all. Uh, but I, I tweeted this just before we hopped on. They, they've they had, what, one, two, three, four, like 12 different players cycled through the DH spot mm. this year. And to be able to just plug in Nelson Cruz there and put – Austin Meadows has drawn the most starts out of the DH spot, or, or 45-ish. Um, so to be able to just put Austin Meadows in the outfield, put Nelson Clu- Cruz at DH in the number three spot in the lineup, 
Um, must be like it must feel refreshing for Rays manager Kevin Cash to just have a guy that you know where he should bat, you know where he should be um, position wise, and he's gonna hit a ton of home runs for them. And man, I, I, I there's been news about Tyler Glass now potentially like he started to throw a bit and maybe come back in like late September be available for the playoffs. I think the Rays could use some pitching help, and maybe they will look to acquire some of that at the deadline. There's not a ton of starting pitching help out there. Um, maybe they could deal with the, the, the Twins again and get Jose Barrios. But, um, you know, I, I love this move. I mean, how could you not? And, and it seems like what they gave up was more quantity over quality. I'm, I'm not a prospects expert, but none of yeah. those guys were in their top ten from what I, from what I can tell. Yeah, I think on uh, MLB Pipeline, Joe Ryan was 10th. And Stratman, I believe, was number 17, according to MLB Pipeline. He was lower in other, you know, publications. So, uh, but they are two upper-level arms who should be able to help relatively soon. I don't think they have, like, front-line rotation ability, but certainly uh, Joe Ryan could be helpful very, very soon for the Twins. Stratman, um, he was a Tommy John guy a couple of years ago, uh, I believe. So uh, his control has been a little off in, in AAA this year. Uh, he might need a little bit more time and kind of more profiles as a back end uh, starting pitcher. But, you know, it makes sense given where the twins are. And and Robert, you know, I think we all expected the twins would be one of those major sellers. But does this signal anything one way or the other about how aggressive they might be? Um, I think this deal for them, I mean, they're open to doing anything at any moment, but this kind of a deal was too good to be true for them. They actually got more in return than they expected for Cruz. Hence why they ended up doing a deal eight days before the deadline. I think that's going to end up being the case for a lot of these guys, but I wouldn't expect them to trade Barrios eight days before the deadline. I would imagine that's going to be closer to the deadline if they end up doing it. Um, yeah. But like a guy like Angelton Simmons or is somebody who they're going to end up getting a ton of interest in. Uh, they have a, a lot of different players on that team who are, are going to be very attractive trade pieces, but this was a deal where it was Joe Ryan actually has a lot of fans across baseball, especially with scouts, um, like among scouts, like they, they think he has really good ability and they thought that was quite a nice haul for them to get in return for a guy who's going to be under contract for only this season. Right. Um, but yeah, the twins open for business. This deal was just probably too good to be good, too good to be true. Um, but yeah, like this is, the sign of it's not going to be like a Cubs like sell off, but probably like not that far behind, I think. Yeah. And yeah. Cruz is a limited market guy. I mean, every for the last three years, those reports have come out that National League teams are interested, but you'd really have to talk yourself into that as, as a, the head of a National League front office. Like, oh, we can put him in right field or first base. I don't think it was going to happen. So he really only had, you know, 15 teams to go to. And then you break that down into who's the actual contenders in the AL. It's probably like, you know, yeah. seven teams. Yeah. Um, so limited market. And and you're right. I mean, and being the Rays' 10th best prospect like Joe Ryan was, that's, that's pretty good. Right. Yeah, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Actually, actually like, like you mentioned the first base thing that like in previous years that had been reported, but like this year it was, it was real. Um, there is a couple of contending teams that were sniffing around about his ability to play first base. Um, and I actually, I don't, like, I don't have this confirmed, but I wonder if the Brewers would have been involved. Like that was his team that he, like he was orig originally with. Yep. Um, and they ended up just getting 
one of a first baseman from uh, the Blue Jays, who's a backup. But tell um, us, yeah, yeah, tell us exactly. And Keston here has been up and down there, so I wondered if they would have been in, but I just don't know. But like the first base thing was real, especially and also to the corner outfield spot as well. With the <laughs> Brewers too, they could probably they'd probably be willing to take the hit defensively to just get some offense in that lineup. Mm-hmm. I mean that that's what they need. It's it's so clear, and Willie Adams has been an incredible trade. Yeah, but Colton they, Wong when he's healthy is great at second yeah, base. So yeah, but, but if they can add a power bat, that's a re- they're going to run away with the NL Central and possibly yeah. be a very dangerous team in the postseason with that, you know, three headed monster in the rotation of, of Burns, Woodruff, Peralta. Yeah, yeah like they're they're a matchup nightmare in the postseason. Like yeah. that, you mentioned that rotation that is absolutely filled. It's, you haven't, yeah, Fred, it's, for, Oh, go ahead. No, no, it's built for the postseason is what I'm saying. All you really yeah. need is three starters, and, like, maybe you can throw Brett Anderson or, like, Eric Lauer or someone to, to handle one of those, like, weird game fours. But they're built for the postseason if they get a big power bat. I don't yeah. know how they're going to do it. There, there maybe should be some options out there, though. Josh yeah. Donaldson? Yeah, I actually wonder, like, th- like, Donaldson third base and the Brewers have Luis Urias there right now. Mm-hmm. Like they're gonna have to get creative to add somebody because their minor league system isn't very good. I actually wonder if Urias would be a potential trade option for them. Like it's he's not an obvious one, but like maybe a surprise kind of guy. Yeah, maybe, with a lot of control and yep. yeah, like it's a valuable player. And I want like it's something I've heard rumblings about, but haven't confirmed. But like it's something that I'm keeping my eye my eye on. Yeah, there's not a lot of like. There's not a lot of first basemen on the trade market from what I see. You know, Anthony Rizzo, I guess it's sort of like a maybe. I, I find it unlikely, but uh, I guess you never know. Jesus Aguilar, if the Marlins decide to sell off, you know, Starling Marte we expect to be traded. Uh, but I don't know if he would go back to Milwaukee, but I could see that maybe working if the Brewers need a bat. Yeah, like that's an option. I, I don't know if it's – the likeliest one, though, yeah. um, there was some concerns when Aguilar left about his effort. Um, yeah. And, I mean, he's obviously put up a really good season with my, Miami this year. So maybe those concerns have been quieted. But, I mean, it's, as you said, it's a pretty weak first base market. So yeah. I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. But like, if there's ever a year for the Brewers to go all in, it might be this oh, year. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, so yeah, I, I guess as far as the trade market in general, we'll get to all the big names here in a second, but yeah. what do you think could surprise some people about what could happen, uh, in advance of the trade deadline? You know, I, I feel like everybody is automatically assumed that Trevor story is going to get traded. Um, I'm not as convinced. And I know that other reporters such as Jeff Passon of ESPN has kind of echoed the same thing that it might not be as likely as we once thought. Um, because the Rockies, they're finding that story does not have that much of a market. It's pretty limited because the Yankees have checked in on him. But do you trade for him this year and move Torres to second base only to let story hit the Frazier market at the, at the end of the year? Right. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if I was in the Yankees shoes and from what I've heard talking to other people, they're probably going to pursue guys in free agency more aggressively than they will during the trade deadline this year. Um, the A's have made sense for a long time, but he's probably going to be too expensive for them. The Mets, maybe, but I think Javier Baez is a better fit for them because he has the ability to play second Ooh. base. Um, mm-hmm. and especially when uh, Lindor comes back, so like I, I think there is a chance that he's traded, but I'm gonna go right now and say that I don't think he will be traded, and maybe that's 
maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe the Rockies are putting up a bit of a smoke screen now to try to drive up the price for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know, but like, I just don't see an obvious fit for story. There's definitely not an obvious fit like there was for Nelson Cruz. So yeah. if I'm a betting man, I say story stays in Colorado past July yeah. 31st. Not a ton of contending teams really need help at shortstop, which is weird. I, I don't yeah. think we ever can say that. Um, and who like who is even running the Rockies? Is it Bill Schmidt who's running the Rockies front office? They've lost like yep. three of their top executives uh, yeah. over the last three months. He uh, also hasn't had a great year. So like what he yeah. means to the Rockies might not mean as much to the average team right now. So for the Rockies to trade basically their franchise player, they might might be a little bit disappointed about what they what they get. So the Rockies might value him more than others other teams basically. No, exactly. And like, if there's a surprise team, maybe the Reds. Um, yeah. I, I, I saw Rosenthal write something about how the Reds were pursuing Willie Adamas, and they didn't end up pulling the trigger, and maybe they can learn something from that. I mean, if you're ever going to learn a lesson, I mean, Trevor's story is a pretty good one. I mean, that's you can't go wrong with that. You, yeah. you, get, you get a high-energy shortstop. I, I mean, Willie Adamas has – I know like that as us as baseball analysts like to – look at players, you know, through, you know, technical terms and algorithms, but what just happened at my, <laughs> you're all right. I heard, I, heard, all good. I heard some kind of noise, um, oh. but like we look at players, you know, on their stats and, but I think there is a human aspect to what Willie Adamas and her, his personality brings to a team. Yeah. And I, I think that's clearly invigorated the Brewers. And I think Trevor story is that kind of guy from what I can tell too. I know that he's at a down year, and, and I know that people bring up the course field effect, but that's a heck of a player, and it's proven over the last four years that he is a speed, power, asset, um, and a pretty good defensive shortstop, too. Yeah, I mean, if they're ever looking to compete in the NL Central, I mean, that's the kind of guy. I mean, that, that could end up putting him right there with the Brewers. I know they're pretty far back right now, and there's not a whole lot of time left to catch him, but... I mean, that's the kind of guy who could end up making a huge difference. I I just wonder what the price would be for them if they'd be willing to do it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's get into these big names. Before we do that, a special reminder for our listeners. The one night when the whole world comes together, the world's biggest show on the world's biggest stage, the opening ceremony of the Tokyo Olympics, Friday night at 7.30 Eastern on NBC. Be sure to check that out. All the amazing competitions on the networks of NBC. I, I know I will, especially looking forward to baseball back yeah. in the Olympics, <laughs> which are like the teams all have like really fascinating stories, familiar faces that we haven't seen in a while. So it's going to be pretty fascinating. And I think I think yeah. Twitter is going to fall in love with it, actually. Since I've known you, DJ, and it's been 12, 13 years now, we've always talked about how as work from home people, we love the Olympics because there's always competition on on the background tv and it feels like a lot more people are work from home people now yeah they're really gonna love like being able to wake up at uh, 8 a.m yeah. and there's like oh it's this is a uh, track and field it's great you yeah. get locked into like you know the, the competition of it and learn the athlete stories not just because we're nbc people i just i love the olympics because it gives me something to like care about at 10 in the morning <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I always say, like, I wish there was an afternoon game, like, every day, at least yes. one, you yeah, know, right. to keep us occupied uh, instead of getting into fights on Twitter. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know? 
<laughs> make the world a, a better thing. place. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll get more into Twitter in a little bit. How about that? Uh, <laughs> okay, so uh, Chris Bryant, we got to start with Chris Bryant because he feels like the most, the biggest name who's likely to be dealt by next Friday. Do you think that's yep. true? I do. Um, I would be floored if he's not traded. Um, yeah. And I think there's a decent amount of teams who make sense. Like, I don't think there's a team that's a better fit for him than the Nationals. Um, yeah. And I, I could see that being a possibility if they end up having a nice little stretch here between now and the deadline. Um, and I wonder if a guy like Carter Keboom could end up being a, a main piece in that because he hasn't gotten very consistent playing time for them. Um, and he's also struggled whenever he's played. So maybe a change of scenery could benefit him because he's a former top prospect and sure. there's still people who believe in him. But Bryant, like, he is, he started off the season hotter than all can be. And he's kind of come back down to earth ever since, but he's still got a ton of value. Um, and a lot of teams value him and what he could bring. And he's by far the best player left on the market now that Nelson Cruz is, 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 uh, is gone to the Twins now. But, um, I, I think of any of the Cubs players that are going to be, or that are trade candidates, he's by far the most likely one. And he, I would, I would be, I would be shocked if he's not traded. Let's just say that. Kimbrell's definitely going too. Yep, exactly. But man, Schwerber and Bryant back together too with the Nationals who are what, how far are they out even? I mean, I, I know they're under 500, I mean, but they're the six. Mets are not running away with it. You know what I, I mean? Like, yeah. if, if you have a good week and the Mets have a bad week, like it's it's flip flops. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's really that close. What um, what do you want the to, the Mets to do, GJ? Uh, I would like to just to get starting pitcher depth. Um, you know, John Gray with the Rockies stands out to me. Um, yeah. He's actually pitched pretty well at Coors Field this season, but he's been awesome since coming off the injured list. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd lo- I think we've said for years we'd love to see John Gray outside of Coors Field, um, and then like someone like a Tyler Anderson with the Pirates, uh, I think makes sense. They just need depth because yeah. you know you don't really know what you're going to get from Jacob Degrom. Basically, if he's hurt and he needs like Tommy John surgery, the Mets aren't going anywhere anyway. So I don't really need them necessarily to like go all in for Jose Barrios or something like that. Um, so yeah, I think right now they just need that depth. They got a guard against maybe Carlos Carrasco. They're hoping he comes back from the, the torn hamstring, but he was terrible the other night in his rehab start. So I think if anything, they just need to have a full rotation because I, I don't know who their fourth or fifth starter is right now. Uh, so I think there's a lot of sense of urgency to do that. With Lindor going down, there's been more talk of a, of a Javier Baez or Trevor Story. But I think they can get by for a little while with, with what they have. Um, Luis Guillorme, he had a three-error game the other night, but he's usually very sure-handed in the field. I think he was just trying to do too much uh, in his first start at shortstop there in place of, of Lindor. And Jonathan VR, I don't think he's a great shortstop, and he's – lost a step i think it's fair to say but they could fake six weeks out of that until lindor comes back i think they could probably get by and be okay it's a downgrade defensively but i think there's more urgency to get something done with that rotation yeah no and i would totally agree with that i think john gray was the right name for you to mention there like that i think that's a name they've already started to poke around about a little bit um and burrios is gonna end up being too expensive i don't know if he's i think it was dan hayes reported the other day 
there's the twins are seeking a major leaguer and like two top 100 prospects or something around that range for them, which, I mean, that's a, that's a pretty steep asking price. And I don't think the Mets would do it, but John Gray should be pretty cheap. I would John, think. Yeah. John Gray would be amazing, man. It, just from what I know of his personality from afar, he would love pitching in New York and like being on a postseason team and like wanting to get the ball in game two, game three of a postseason series. He's my top target for the Mets. Yeah, I think I'm not getting the most attention, like among Mets fans and like casual, you know, Mets fans. They they shoot for the stars. Yeah, know? it's Brian, yeah. it's Story, it's yeah. Baez, you know. But yeah, I think they just need to get some depth in that rotation, feel a little bit better about that, having respectable options out there every day. Yeah, and like what like what do you guys think of like a guy like? Kyle Gibson because I'm sure he's probably he's been connected to the Mets I'm sure but like yeah I mean he's a bit of an interesting guy because he was never really that great and then this series kind of like busted onto the scene like he's I don't know it's a bit of an odd one and teams are trying to figure that one out right now he's he's shown flashes in the past I haven't really dug into if he's made certain pitch changes I don't know if you have DJ but I mean the Cardinals have been linked to him I'm a Cardinals fan Robert and ah to me they should sell they should sell whoever they can, uh, <laughs> but I don't think they will. And if they're going to acquire somebody and I don't know, Gibson is a Mizzou. He went to Mizzou. <laughs> like maybe right. they, they get the local boy on the cheap for a couple of B level, C level prospects or something. And cause they obviously need starting pitching depth. Um, most of all, yeah. But I, I don't I don't really buy into what Gibson is doing. He's he was a top prospect way back when. Oh yeah. yeah. He's had some solid seasons in the past, but what he's doing this year, it's hard to really buy into that he's become this ace all of a sudden at age what is he 33? Right. Um, 32, yeah. 33. So I, I don't I don't really buy into it. I'm sure he's going to get traded and um and then kind of maybe fail for the next team that he pitches for. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting. I mean, like his pitch mix is pitch mix has kind of changed. Like he's throwing his cutter more this season, but it's actually been hit pretty somewhat hard. But it's not even enough to make a huge difference. So, like, I don't know. Unless I'm missing something, is like velocity, the same, pretty much the same. I guess the Rangers ballpark getting a full full yeah. year there. It's I know it's pitcher friendly now, yeah. but that couldn't be enough to make him you know, all of a sudden be a high two, yeah. low three ERA guy. Yeah. I think you'd expect some regression, but like, yeah, for like a team, like there's really not an ACE out there to get, you know? So mm-hmm. I think you're, you're looking at mid to back end rotation help as far as I'm concerned. And, and a, maybe a lot of teams need that too, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. So, I mean, the, I, I, I don't think you would look at him as being like a frontline starter. He does have a 1.77 ERA at home this season, 4.06 on the road for what it's worth. And yeah, I mean, that's a pretty big discrepancy. Like, yeah. So maybe yeah. that big lumber warehouse down in Arlington, Texas really, <laughs> does, play, <laughs> really does play pitcher friendly. Yeah. 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 So with Kimbrel, where, what's the best, fit there because I, w- I was trying to think about that the other day and I, I it was hard for me to find the right san francisco I c- yeah i could see I, that I, I can get behind that yeah they've, like, they haven't been able to close out game well, especially against the dodgers the other day too i mean it's yeah. been a struggle um yeah. like i keep coming back to three teams for them boston or for uh for kimberly i mean boston boston houston uh because houston is they're desperately looking for bullpen help Houston. 
Houston's um, the answer. Yeah. Well, okay. There we go. We already got it there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my my other one was Oakland, but I think he's going to end up being Ooh. too expensive. Yeah, the Ace would be cool. That, that would, would be, be nice. Cool. I would yeah. like that. <laughs> but I I think the answer is going to end up being the Astros when it's all said and done. I, I think you're right about that, Drew. Let's um, let's talk about the A's though for a bit. Have you heard any rumblings? They're such an interesting team to me. Like I write the power rankings for NBC Sports Edge every week, and they're a really hard team to write about because they should be awesome if they would just inject a little, you know, fill the holes a little bit. Are you yeah. hearing anything about what they're looking for at the deadline? Yeah, they're aggressively looking for bullpen help, and they're also looking for a left-handed hitter. But they're looking to buy, and it's going to end up probably being bargain pieces again. But yeah, it, like I was trying to come up with teams a couple days ago that should probably go all in this year and just try to go for it. And the A's were on that list because when they lost Marcus Simeon and Liam Hendricks, I think pretty much everybody wrote them off. Um, yeah. And yet the coaching staff there – and the players have just kind of rallied around it. They've had a tremendous season. And if if there's ever a season for the front office to reward the players and the coaching staff, this would be it. And supplement that roster with a guy like Craig Kimbrell or a, a big bat. I don't know who exactly they would target, but um, that would end up being a huge difference. And Kimbrell could end up stepping into a, a Trevor Rosenthal role because they ended up losing him basically yeah. right out of the kind shoot. Of, yeah, kind of wasted $10 million on him. Right. And the yeah. aren't ones to waste $10 million on anybody. No, That's a fair point. That hurt. And like, it, in hindsight, I mean, this is hindsight's 2020, obviously, but them giving that kind of money to Trevor Rosenthal when they could have given like what, seven or 8 million more to Marcus Simeon. Oh yeah. Like, uh, ouch. It's a hindsight thing. We yeah, didn't know Simeon was going to be this stud, but no, yeah, that's but... bad. David yeah, Peralta, maybe for that outfield or something. I mean, yeah, I mean, he qualifies. I mean, that, that would end up making sense. Like, I think, I think uh, the Cardinals make sense for Peralta too as a fourth outfielder. No, you, oh, I see you shaking your head. You don't want the Cardinals to buy anything. I don't right? want them to buy. I want them to sell Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright Oof. and Giovanni oh. Gallegos. Oh, Do man. it all. Blow oh. it up. Wow. Like, wait, have you? Like, I. There's no. Can they actually do that though? I wouldn't do that. No, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course yeah. they're not going to do it. But why wouldn't you? I, I don't know. Mm. They yeah. they hang on to these legacy players, and I think they need to do like an aggressive restructuring of their game plan. And I, I say that as a Cardinals fan who's a bit spoiled. They've been like successful for twenty years straight, but it's just such boring baseball what they put out on the field from a night to night basis right now, especially with just Jack Flaherty not being around for the last month and a half. Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't even watch them anymore. No. And, <laughs> and you know what? It's probably better for your health. If we're being honest, it's <laughs> been, been, been a very big struggle. Them blowing. What was it? The six to one lead the other end against the Cubs. Sorry for putting salt in the wound there, but wasn't watching it. I was okay. watching the NBA finals. <laughs> okay. There you go. Yeah, I'm not a Bucks fan, but I'm from Wisconsin. So I can yeah, say, I was going to say some, yeah, something interesting going on in there in Milwaukee this week. Yeah, that was, uh, that was absolutely nuts. I was down there for games one and two and I mean, they lost both of them. I stopped going and then they won four straight. So <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, coincidence? I think not. <laughs> you, do have, you do have a good Wisconsin accent, but it's not oh, too yeah. strong. You know, my mom is from Wisconsin, so I'm allowed to rag on Wisconsin accent. She's got a good one. Oh, uh, she's lost it over the years, but wait, where's she from? Sheboygan. 
No, that's where I'm from. Are you really? <laughs> yeah, I'm not kidding you. Holy smokes. Yeah, I'm Holy from Sheboygan smokes. Falls. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, that just blew my mind. Get out there and get some, get some cheese curds. Yeah. Oh, you're darn right. Yeah. You're darn right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's – wow, what a small world. Who would have yeah. thought? Yeah. yeah. Sneaky Sheboygan. Sneaky Sheboygan. <laughs> go pack, go. Oh, hey, I'm not even a Packer fan. That's uh, that actually might be like a crime here in Wisconsin. Yeah, you're yeah, you're you're letting out all the secrets right yeah. now. Yeah, this is yeah. So Wisconsin, you're from like, Sheboygan, but you're yeah. not a Packers fan, and you also don't eat cheese. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Robert, who are you? What is um, <laughs> like I'm 25, and I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, you've got a while. You're, yeah. You're good. Man, I will say, man, you're. I I remember when I first followed you, and it was like this little era of when there were these kid reporters, like Chris Cotillo was one of them, where you guys just suddenly like had sources, and I'm not gonna ask how how you got them. I'm, I'm sure you were like DMing agents and baseball players, but I'm I'm not worried about that aspect. But you and Chris especially have like kind of risen above that weird little Twitter era in like the the mid 2010s and actually establish careers for yourselves and i've really enjoyed following both of your careers i think i've i dm chris like way back when and i was like keep doing what you're doing man i like that you're kind of a disruptor to this industry um, right. and I, I would say the same to you robert no i appreciate that a ton it's uh never in a million years that i think when i created a random twitter account that it would lead to a career but or especially breaking news and and talking to you guys or talking to a jeff passen or rosenthal and or Heyman. it's just it's uh, it's a dream, and uh, I don't take each day for granted. It just it, like, it fuels me, man. Like I wake up at three thirty in the morning to random phone calls from like executives or agents, and it's just like I need more of this. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that gives you a rush for sure. I it think does. When Drew and I started, like we didn't know what it was going to become either. I, initially, like I was working like a few hours a week. Um, just like part time while I was like looking for something else and like, you never know what it can turn into, but, um, you know, baseball is nights and weekends and weird hours, but like, you know, if you hang with it, like you never know what can happen. Yeah. I always tell, um, like I, I've talked to like some young high school students that like wanted to get into sports writing. I'm like, you know, the industry kind of sucks because there's not a model anymore where all right, you go to like work for a paper, you write about prep sports and then you get a beat writer job and then you become a columnist. That's gone. Like no offense to newspapers. I love newspapers, but it's gone. Um, but there is this new thing that where you can carve your own path. Like you can you can self publish. You can put what you have to say out on social media. And if it's interesting or like you have some some uh context some sources like if, if you're willing to do reporting or like dig into analysis people will listen people will, will hear you and so if you really want to work hard at it you it's actually more there's more of a meritocracy than there ever has been um so if you really want to get into sports journalism you're never going to make much money i'll tell you that yeah but yeah. um you can do it if you really want to work hard at it and like if you really care to not hate your job um, you could do it. Yeah, I would yeah. say like don't go and get a master's degree in journalism no. or something right now. Like that's probably not a great idea. 
Um, but there's other ways to find your niche. Like if you were just to go viral for something and someone was like, oh, this was, you know, he was really knowledgeable or he was funny or whatever, like you, you'll find an audience. So like, I think that is sort of the democratization of social media um, has been a positive. There's lots of bad things about Twitter and social media, uh, but that one aspect I think has been a positive. Yeah, like without Twitter, I don't have a job. And yeah. like, and, and you mentioned like different ways of trying to go about this and trying to get a career in sports. Like for me, like breaking news has always been my passion and I had to figure out exactly how to do that. And did I fail at first? Gosh, yeah. Like uh, you have to find a, a way to stand out above the Ken Rosenthal's or the Jeff Passons or the John Heyman's. And yeah, good I'm, luck too. <laughs> it, it, dude, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. Like people are not going to be inclined to talk to when I started, I was 18, like, but a lot of people gave me a chance. And when I got my foot in the door, I learned a lot of it is just relationships and it's treating people like just like people. Like you, you can't treat them like God, like figures. It's just building relationships and, and trying to like not be annoying, but also like make sure that they don't forget about you. Yeah. And over time you get to learn about their families and, and you just get to learn about them as people outside of the game and in the game. And it's, right. it's, it's helped me turn in just Twitter into a full-time job. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I, like, obviously I'm huge fans of what you guys do. I've been reading Roller World, World and now NBC sports edge basically since I was a, a little boy. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> keep little, killing it. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's not an exaggeration, I guess. Yeah. yeah a, little, like, a little boy not eating, uh, peanut butter and jelly. <laughs> oh, okay. oh yeah. all right. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah, let's go. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Good segue. Okay. Do you, do you guys want me to just share the story now? Yes, and, do it. And get absolutely ruined. So, um, no one listens to our podcast, man. No one. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I feel like uh, there's going to be someone like Lindsay Adler who's going to end up just destroying me for this. So, love you, Lindsay. Um, so, um, yeah, I was. Robert, my... let me say before before you start, when, okay. you, when you went away to go get some headphones before we started, I was like, DJ, can we contact Lindsay Adler and, and ask, because we were trying to remember some of your other weird food stories, and I was like, I bet Lindsay has like a chart of all of them. Oh, um, she's got to. <laughs> but we didn't want to bother her because the Yankees are playing. Anyway, go ahead. Um, so actually, you know what, I'll, I'll give you another one. I shared it with DJ uh, before you ended up getting back with your, I think, your headphones. So I think pizza is better without cheese than with cheese. <sighs> Yeah, like the look of disappointment on your face there was very real. I've had a great marinara pie, which didn't have cheese and it had like chili oil on it. Um, yeah, you can do that. Yeah. yeah. I don't hate that opinion. But oh, you, if you okay. had some kind of like vegetable on top, like I've had all kinds of weird pizzas, well, I've had an like egg being pla- in Brooklyn. Yeah, I've had like an eggplant with some other yeah. kind of oil on it. Anyway, yeah, no, that's not, tor- I mean, it's bad, but it's not terrible. <laughs> okay, yeah, that, that actually makes me feel better, like leading into the, the peanut butter and jelly story. So um, <laughs> so it was my uh, my first full spring training on the beat with the or covering the Brewers for the Athletic. And it was, we were in Mesa covering Brewers Cubs. And I w- went into the Brewers clubhouse during the game to go interview one of the players. I can't remember who it was, but um, one of the topics in the press box that day was me not having a peanut butter and jelly. And as we walk into the clubhouse to the right, there's this this table that is full of all this stuff. And lo and behold, there you have it is a it's bread, peanut butter and jelly. And Adam McKelvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com, was like, 
Bob, now is your time. You're having, <laughs> you're having a peanut butter and jelly. Um, and he, so he starts making it and I'm talking to Todd Rosiak, who also covers the brewers and like, we're hyping this moment up and Christian Yelich walks in and he starts sitting at his locker and he's like looking over like to see what the heck we're doing. Cause I mean, I don't know. just, it's, it's, yeah, it's we're weird. making, we're making <laughs> peanut butter and jellies in the clubhouse. <laughs> and I, I, I sit down and I hold this peanut butter and jelly. I take my first bite and I, I bite and I look at Adam, like, like it was just like, I just discovered gold or something. <laughs> um, and like it, it was delicious. And then Yelich ended up finding out that um, it was my first peanut butter and jelly. And he looked over at me and said, Robert, what the is wrong with you? <laughs> and like my face, my face got so red. Um, and like, I, I told him, I was like, honestly, Christian, there's too much time in the day for that. Like the, 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 that's a loaded question. So, um, yeah, that was, that's my peanut butter and jelly story. There's, I mean, there's a lot of different food takes that I have, but like that one, that one definitely stands out. You ate your first PB and J in front of Christian Yelich MVP. I mean, that's a pretty good story. That's yeah. that you tell your grandkids that. Oh, exactly. Like that's, that's something that I'll be sharing for the rest of my life. Cause I, at that moment I peaked, it's been a downhill just <laughs> ever since. Um, and like another one, like if, I mean, since you're a Cardinals fan, I can say this, I'm, I'm sure you've been to sugar fire barbecue. Yeah. Um, that was my first ever road trip. And I ended up going to sugar fire and there was like some random little eating contest there. So like naturally I just entered it before like, I covered a ball game. Um, <laughs> and I ended up in 10 minutes or so having like five and a half pounds of brisket. I had finished in second place. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Like I'm i I'm a very tiny guy, but like I, I can eat That's... five and a half pounds. In 10 minutes, I, I stuffed my face. And let me tell you, sitting in the press box that day, it felt like I was like in my second trimester. I hope you brought your own Febreze for the bathroom. Yeah, like, I felt, yeah, I should have because I felt so bad for the other writers. <laughs> yeah, that was, that was not good. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it sounds like something I would do, man. That's hilarious. Like before you enter a, a road press box for the first time. <laughs> Let me eat five and a half pounds of brisket in an eating contest at Sugar Fire. Oh, dude, it, it was worth it. It's it's delicious, man. That stuff is good. I'm not a really. It was it Sugar Fire or Salt and Smoke. It was Sugar Fire for sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Sugar Fire. Yeah, yeah. I'm not. I'm not. A, I, well, if they want to sponsor us, they're like franchises. All <laughs> they want to sponsor. <laughs> well, no, they have like locations in other states now, so I don't want to. It's fine. It's it's fine. Yeah, yeah. It's fine barbecue, but we we got we can do better, Robert. See, I, I have not been a salt and smoke. I was actually just uh, I was I was down there and Katie Wu, who covers them for the yep. the athletic now, she was telling me about salt and smoke and how much she uh, how much she wanted me to go there. I was not able to, but I did have brunch for the first time while I was out there. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, I remember this now. This was a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you, you had never had brunch. Never like you have I've never been, had brunch. Okay, yes, this is another really important topic. I think. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, well, I've what been, does that mean? You've never had breakfast. Like, I've had <laughs> breakfast, but like, never like. I mean, I should clarify. I've been to, I've been at brunch, but I've never like partaken in brunch because I've usually been, um, not feeling well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Yeah, that's uh, that's probably the best way I could phrase that. <laughs> so after like yeah. a night of drinking, your friends go to brunch, and you're there, but you're feeling a little queasy, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I, okay. A mimosa right. would not hit the spot at that yeah. point. Right. I've yeah. been there too. I totally yeah. understand. I can't have like a bloody mary or something after a night oh, like that. Yeah, I think. No. The the debate here is the definition of brunch, and I, yeah. I, I kind of have your back here because I, I think people use the term brunch uh, in too narrow of a of a definition. Like brunch is just it's a late it's, it's a, late, a late breakfast. breakfast. It's a late breakfast, yeah. And you can have it anywhere. You don't have to like be at a place that is serving bottomless mimosas, right? So, actually, I'm on your side with this one, Robert. That was not your first brunch. You have you've had brunch plenty of times, and tell those people they're too bougie. You know what? You know what, Drew? You're my favorite human now. I appreciate you. <laughs> we I got we can you. be best friends, Robert. Yeah, let's do it. I'll, I'm giving you a hug right through my phone here now. My so, mom's from Sheboygan. Wow, from let's, Sheboygan. let's go. Yeah. Oh, big I, hugs. I feel left let's out, go. honestly. <laughs> the East Coast guy here. Yeah. Hey, we got Midwest bias over here. Cheese curds, brisket, brunches. Get out of here. You got to love it. Spotted cow, too. I don't know if you ever had that, but spotted cow. I was watching my neighbor's dog last weekend, and he had a full drawer of spotted cow. He's like, help yourself to the spotted cow. And I was like, I'm going to, going to drink all of them, actually. <laughs> um, As you should. Yeah. And I, I think I kept myself to about seven or eight, but uh, throughout the weekend, too. So I was, like, sparing about it. But I might go back over there and drink one tonight. Oh, As you should. As you I should. love spotted cow. I, and I'm – kind of glad they haven't increased their distributorship like i know yingling was a thing for a while but they've really increased where they ship their product and spotted cow should just stay in wisconsin and be like if, if you want it you got to come get it no i would agree yeah, like that's i think that's what adds to the novelty of it for yeah, sure yeah i agree yeah. yeah yeah exclusivity is a is a it's a marketing you know uh focal point no, definitely. And I'll tell you, like, even though it's, I have it at my disposal 24 seven, I, it's a, it's a spe specialty thing for me. I, yeah. I cannot. Yeah. Like if I have something like, like when, uh, like I have reported a big story or something, like I've cracked a, a spotted cow at the end of the night. It's just been like, <laughs> cheers so everybody. Yes. Yep, exactly. <laughs> so. So before you go, Robert, I think we should do a rapid fire. Um, yep. So I'm going to give you some names of players. You tell me yes or no if you think they'll be traded. I'm a, I'm okay. that. Let's do it. Okay. Um, Kendall Graveman. Yes. All right. Ooh. That's uh, a nice piece, actually. I hadn't thought yeah. about him. Yeah. Uh, Joey, Joey Gallo. Rapid fire. Go. Joey Gallo. No. Off season or next deadline. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Rizzo stays in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, Mitch Haniger finds an extension. Um, Haniger stays in Seattle. They're asking for too much. Here's one that I think is interesting because he's hurt right now, but I've actually heard him in rumors anyway. Danny Duffy. Um, this last injury knocked him out, so no. Okay. Um. Uh, that might be too obvious. What about Merrill Kelly with the Diamondbacks? See, I thought he would be, but I'm going to say no, just because they're asking for a lot more than I expected. Yeah. So I, I think a guy like Tyler Anderson is more likely to go than uh, a guy like Merrill Kelly. Okay. Um, and how about we just throw out maybe like a surprise? Could anybody pry Kyle Hendricks away from the Cubs? 
Oh, I hadn't thought about that. I'm, I would not rule it out. Um, just because the Cubs are literally listening on every, on every single player. Yeah. Um, but I, I would not get my hopes up for that. I'll say he'll stay in Chicago. All right. Yeah, I think a pretty decent chance we'll see, like, Richard Rodriguez, Ian Kennedy traded probably, right? Soria. Yeah, Soria, yeah. Hanfa yeah. Robles, uh, Andrew oh. Chapin, Cubs. Uh, Taylor T- Rogers too. Taylor Rogers. Taylor oh, yeah, Rogers. Yeah. Yep. Daniel Bard, maybe? Ooh, I like that one. Yeah, I can see that. Is Greg Holland still pitching for the Royals too? I haven't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah he I don't is. think I don't think there's gonna be a lot of demand for for him, unfortunately. No, I don't think so either. But like, like for uh, relievers, like it's for a long time it's been Kimbrel one and then Richard Rodriguez two. Like I know, like as of like a month ago, the Blue Jays and the Braves were pretty hot after Rodriguez. Um, this is why the Cardinals should trade Giovanni Gallegos. They could get a haul for him, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, I I love him, man. He's he's great. I think I think they could get two legitimate prospects for a setup, man. Do it. Yeah, yeah. No, like I wonder if they would actually entertain it. Like I don't know if Mosaliac would do it, but like they should listen. I'm sure they're fielding phone calls. Um, yeah. But they're also just, I don't know, stubborn. stubborn? Yeah. yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. That was like, wow, that was impressive, right? And there. I guess they, they've kind of gained that right, but yeah, uh, you know, it's like you guys gotta shake it up a bit. One name we haven't really talked about. Um, I want to ask you before we before we go here, Starling Marte. I know the the Marlins kind of, I guess, had some like half hearted extension talks with him. It didn't really get very far. Uh, so it appears likely he'll be traded. To me, like if I had to guess at any team that made the most sense for Starling Marte, it's either the Yankees or the Giants. But I'm wondering what you're hearing. Yeah, like I saw Craig Mish of the Miami Herald report that the Giants are like the key team for Marte, mm-hmm. and I think they make a ton of sense. Yeah, and like that, I wonder if okay, let's focus on the Giants for a second here. This is where my reporter hat is trying to like connect different pieces. Um, so. I think Marte makes a ton of sense for the Giants, but if the Marlins want to throw in another major league piece, I wonder if they could end up getting Joey Bart back in return in this trade. And I've heard from a bunch of different people in baseball that the Giants are more interested or more willing to move Bart than they have been in the past. Right. And I believe Bart, Bart could end up being their long-term answer, the Miami's long-term answer, of course, um, at catcher after JT Rilamudo left. And the Giants have another catcher in Andrew Bailey who can step right in and be their long-term guy. So it makes sense to me. I don't know if the Giants would want to go all in like that. like Because I know Farhan's been pretty pretty hesitant to make those kind of moves since coming to the Giants. But that could end up making a, or that could make a lot of sense for them. And I would not be surprised if they explored a bar trade for Marte or a controllable starter. But Marte is more like... I would imagine he's as good as gone at this point. Now that extension talks have failed. Uh, yeah. The y- Yankees, as you said, make a ton of sense because they're in on basically any outfielder with a pulse at this point. Um, right. The Astros could make sense, although they I mean, they have some nice pieces there. So it doesn't. Like, I think they're going to more likely get a target um, like bullpen help than Marte. So I would imagine those are the two key teams with the Giants being probably. I don't want to say the favorite at this point, um, but. 
they make the most sense. And if they can give up Bart and also get another major league piece back, I think that's a deal that makes a ton of sense for both sides. A reliever we didn't talk about, Yumi Garcia, um, or Adam Duvall even, who I think started his career with the Giants. Yeah. They, they could use like a corner outfield bat like that. They've they've won World Series with dudes like that in the past. Yeah. No, Duval would make sense. And I mean also another power element for them too. I mean yep. it's it's amazing to me how many home run hitters they've I had. know. It's yeah. unreal. They they still lead the league in, in combined total team home runs. Like which when yeah. you look at that depth chart, it's like what? Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But they kinda owe it to their fans to like go for it, given where they are right now, and they've been able to hang around this long. I don't know how much is like magic and like smoke and mirrors or, or what, but you know, with the with the rotation that they've had, which has been fantastic all year, um, and kind of uh, you know their position players turning back the clock, uh, Brandon Crawford, Buster Posey, Longoria before he got hurt, um, Mike Ustremski's turned things around recently at the plate, so like things are looking good for them. I, I think they should add a piece. Like why not? Yep. Especially yeah. if it's a rental. That I don't think unless like you said, the Marlins throw in another, you know, an interesting piece. Uh, they're not um, gonna forego the future. They don't really need to to Yeah, no, they don't. Yeah. Like, yeah there's options out there that Farhan will, can figure out. He's smarter than all three of us. What's interesting yeah, about it's yeah, true. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what's interesting about the West though is like if you don't win the NL East or you don't win the NL Central, like you're not going to the playoffs. Like it's gonna be those three teams in the West. Uh, in some order, being the the division winner and then the two wild cards, but wild card is just you know one game, so you're you know you're not guaranteed anything. No, and that's also another reason why the Cardinals should think about selling. And yeah, it's uh, yeah, just it basically as you said, it's going to be Dodgers, Giants, Padres. It's going to be one of those teams wins the division, the other two it goes to the wild card. Like, can you imagine what a, a wild card game between the Dodgers and Potters would look like? That'd be great. That would be electric. Yeah. 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 Like, I'm, I'm kind of hoping that happens, but just as like a pure baseball fan. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see. I would also be bummed out to see like the Padres lose a play in game because like their intensity, uh, like the first game back, I guess that was like a, with, with fans this season, right? Wasn't that the Dodgers yeah. Padres series? Which was like insane, and there was only like ten thousand people there. Yeah, um, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. Is it? Yeah, what it did. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully, they, you know, they get a nice run. But I know there's Giants fans out there and Dodgers fans, so I get it. It's fine. But <laughs> it's just a little bit different. Like watching the Dodgers and Giants play this week, the intensity is like it's there, but it's not as pronounced as when the Padres are in the mix for some reason. Yeah. No, you're right. Like the Padres, like, they ooze swagger i mean it's all yeah. it's a lot of it is tatis but like it's what they're doing is such it's so good for baseball especially tatis um yeah, yeah like as you said it would be a huge bummer if they went in the playoff game and lost and like we don't have that element it's kind of like right. what we had in the home run derby with uh soto and otani going head to head in the first round i know they should have right. seated those guys a little bit differently i feel like but yeah because yeah. that was like the the main event it was I right know. out of the shoot and then it was just game over Right. What's funny about Soto is like he thinks that the home run derby fixed his swing, which is like you never hear and that. You can't yeah. argue with it with the results no. so far. Hey, yeah. I, I'm I'm uh, having an in town bachelor party this weekend, and I'm getting a lot of texts. I gotta leave. Okay. Well, we'll we'll, we'll call it a show. So for this, you know, before we go, Robert, uh, do you want to plug anything? Um, you can follow me at Twitter on Twitter at by Robert Murray. Um, I'll be hopefully breaking a lot of news at the deadline here. Um, have 
I'll tease this. I have a, a couple of scoops in the works, um, trade wise. So, um, did you get any texts in the last hour? Yes, I have. Um, I have, I actually, I, I can't look, but when I was, uh, earlier today, I had like 85 on red when I got back from the gym. So it's that time of year, which you, you got to absolutely love, but nothing, cool. nothing, nothing, uh, like done yet. I'll, I'll say that, but getting closer. All right, um, we'll get back to it. Get to work, man. Yeah, no, I absolutely won't. <laughs> yeah, I got a pot of coffee brewing upstairs. Oh, life is going to be good tonight, boys. Get some spotted cows going by. <laughs> oh, yeah. You do- and some cheese curds. Yeah, some, curd, some curds for the boy. Oh, yeah. Inject it right in the veins. That's what I need right there. <laughs> All right. I'm out of here. Bye. All right. Thanks, Drew. Okay. So for 10% off any premium subscription, NBC Sports Edge Plus, use Basis10. That's our promo code. Also, make sure to download our new app. If you like what you're hearing with this show, circling the Basis, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, Please rate and review if you don't mind. Follow us on Twitter if you don't already. I'm at DJ Short. Cheers at Drew Sills. Be safe out there, and we will see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. (laughs) Well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface.